Welcome to this episode of The Show. Today's guest is a very special human who I am very close to. His name is James Williams. I believe the first time we ever really met, we went on a hike around Merritt Coffee in South Lamar to uh, the river, but there was water when we went, yeah? There was water there, yeah. There's never been water since that day. <laughs> Every day I go there, what I did take we people. do? <laughs> yeah, we, I think it was just magical water appeared there that day here in Austin. And ever since that day, we've been really tight and we've gotten together so many times mm -hmm. and just such a great human with such a story and so many awesome things happening in life and so many great stories of things that have already happened and are going to happen soon. Mm -hmm. So let's get into it. The thing I'd like to start with is when you were 28, 30, around that time frame, you were living in England. Yes. And you were like a normal person. Right, you were working in the TV industry. Yeah, right? I was working for for a big TV company, live television, fast paced, you know, sports and live news. Yeah, um, living in Southwest London. Yeah, and you were, you know, you had a career. I had a career. You had a normal career. Yeah, right. You were probably doing okay, right, yeah. in that industry, and then you met somebody, and then I met somebody. Well, actually, we met when I was thirty two. Okay. Right. So you know, I was definitely feeling like something didn't fit very extrinsically motivated, right? My 12 years in television was, what can I learn next to get more praise? What can I learn next to get more praise? And it didn't last. And I think when I was 32, especially then I was ready for, you know, really discovering, you know, what what drives me and what's the thing that's gonna, gonna allow me to live the rest of my life uh, happy and passionately, but I couldn't figure it out until I met someone very, very special who turned out to be the catalyst. Mm -hmm. And that was Emily, Emily Lorenz at the time, who is now my wife, Emily Williams. Um, we met, she was this frustrated, incredibly intelligent visionary of a woman that didn't have a clue what she was going to do either. Um, but both of us had something very important in common. And that was we were very much out of the box thinkers. You know, we were, there's got to be more, there's got to be a better way. And the status quo isn't something that we want to follow. There's something else. There's something big. And she was just in school at the time when you met her. Yeah, she she'd done a psychology master um, uh, psychology degree, and she was on her way to Northwestern to do her masters. But she turned the car around. And said, this isn't right. I've got to be in London. So she came to London. She did a nonfiction literature course. And we met, I mean, you know what cities are like. She's, wait, wait, wait. Go on. <laughs> she went to London to do a nonfiction she, course? She just picked a course that meant she could be in London. Okay. Right? So okay. she picked nonfiction literature because she's an amazing writer. She's an incredible writer. Okay, let's have a quick tangent. Mm -hmm. And just to fast forward so people have some context around this, Emily is a phenomenal businesswoman. Phenomenal. And you guys have built some incredible things and some incredible experiences together now mm -hmm where it's like an all women's mastermind, super high ticket, mm -hmm. just did a trip to Bora Bora, mm -hmm. life-changing experiences. Mm -hmm. So that's just like the context for where you're at now. But going back to then, yeah. I'll give continue. you the first version. Yeah. So really what happens is, so we're both in this interesting same place we haven't met. And we met online on this dodgy website that actually a friend <laughs> of a friend had created, you know, for dating in London. And I remember, you know, getting online, I hadn't been on this site for a long time and there was four women online and this one beautiful blonde American lady was like, I was like, I've got to message this girl. So I messaged her very quickly. We met up for a breakfast date because I was working in TV, strange shifts. And 
from that day on, I don't think there's been a single day we haven't communicated. Um, that was 11 years ago. And it went very, very fast. Um, she invited me, that was in the August of 2011. And that Christmas, I went back to, to meet her family and met a lot of family, probably 30 odd people, Whoa. right? In a big, you know, Catholic uh, family in Ohio. And we were just very, you know, bound together. And then Emily started learning about, um, you know, the online coaching industry and, and personal development and, and entrepreneurship. And even though I was still in television, I was kind of looking over her shoulder and I was thinking, this is interesting. This is not something I knew was an option for me. And, you know, fast forward a couple, a few years, 2015, I had a coach and that coach challenged me to, to sort of leave my job because he knew that, James, you're built to be some kind of coach or mentor. You're built to be an entrepreneur. When can you leave your job? And this was on a Thursday. And I said, well, jokingly, I said, were well, you working with this coach? Yeah. Okay. And why were you working with this coach? Because I was trying to figure myself out. So you kind of asked for that. Yeah, yeah, I totally asked for it. Okay. So that Monday I went in and, and to, to paint a picture here, I was working uh, for, the, uh, for a live news channel in this company at the time. And I was working on some very important projects for the general election relaunch and a channel relaunch. And halfway through this, I tell my mentor at the time, the guy, you know, this fantastic guy um, who was running that team, I'm handing him my notice. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave. I'm going to join my wife. We're going to work together and build this amazing company. Did she already have a company? What was she so doing? She had just started I Heart My Life. Okay, in 2015. In 2014, 2014. she started I Heart My Life. I helped her with a few projects and the website and stuff. Um, but in 2015, I thought, you know, this is my this is my avenue. And so I handed my notice in. I started studying up was on... Was she making money in this company? She was making a bit of money. She was okay. making a bit of money, but it was it was kind of, you know, it's like... How did it start? Like, what was that company originally before you came in? So it was I Heart My Life and she was just, you know, she was she went through Marie, Marie Folio's program mm -hmm. to sort of learn about... Um, it's, a, it's called um, B-School? B-School, mm -hmm. that's correct. So learning about creating a business online, service-based coaching industry business online. You know, I remember there's one story of her... Um, having 54 no's before she got her first yes as a client. She just kept ringing, kept ringing, right? And so, so she is intense. Driven and dedicated and relentless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big time. And what would you, if you were to give yourself three words like that, if she's driven, dedicated and relentless, what would James I be? was passionate and, and, you know, very driven as well, but much more considered which slowed me down a lot of the time. But it was a perfect marriage of that. You know, I saw the details. Emily was just like, yeah. so the great metaphor is, you know, I might want to draw a map before heading into the woods. Emily just goes into the woods, yeah. figures out as she goes, yeah. which combined with each other is, is a perfect yin yang of, of uh, personality types. So, you know, we, so I, I, I started studying up on psychology and physiology and, and online business and just trying to get into this entrepreneurial mindset found Brendan Richard, who was really my first mentor of, okay, high performance strategy. You know, how do we create optimization of this thing, our minds, our bodies, our spirits, our souls in a, in a strategic way that people can actually integrate? And I loved what he was doing. So then a year to the day that I left my career, I certified as a high performance coach, which gave me a structure to start with, gave me something to work with. And so then I worked within the company that Emily started with the clients of the program she started. I think the first program was called 90 Days to 6K. 
because she made her first 6K in 90 days and then wrote a program around it. I, I have like a deep appreciation for the fact that that was her first program and she wasn't making these outlandish claims. Yeah. And she's like, no, this is exactly what I did. And I'm going to show and you show exactly you how, to do how it. I did it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So she did. And obviously looking back, how she did it was relentless. It wasn't necessarily strategic. Mm -hmm. It was like, I'm going to work every hour God sends Run and make it happen. Woods. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then I sort of came on board and, you know, I, I, I got to like, what was your mindset at this point? Like you, you had left your job. I felt like I just <laughs> jumped off a very secure, safe, like ocean liner and jumped onto a paddleboard in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> I was like, Big waves. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was exciting and very, very scary. In fact, um, I remember one memory. I was so- And you weren't married at this point? We weren't married. Yeah. No, uh, we were in, we were in, in, oh no, sorry, 2015 we were married. We got married in 2012. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So when, when I left my career, we had been married since 2012. So what was she doing between 2012 and 2014 before she started? So business? she was working, um, she was working for a, a uh, like a high level dating company. So like um, very successful people that wanted to find love, but didn't want to go on dating sites. They pay these, this company a lot of money to find them matches. So she worked for that company whilst in the background studying and trying to figure out how to start her own business. Got it. So she spent two years mm -hmm. working a job so that working she can study. two jobs and studying and trying to figure out, you know, this online business thing. Got it. Yeah. So then you get certified high performance coach mm -hmm. and then you did that for a year. You, you were getting certified in that first year. Mm -hmm. If we go back to that, because I know you have a lot of different at this point coaching modalities and things that you use. But if we go back to that, what's kind of I'm, I'm asking for a cheat code here right now. What's like the number one thing that you would say has helped high performers have even higher performance of well, all this time that you've yeah, been Yeah, it's a great question. It, the number one thing to this day is, is awareness and information. So I, I like to break it down like a business. Like if I can't grow what I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I need to figure out where I'm consciously competent where I'm consciously incompetent and have all the information, right? What am I great at and why? What am, where am I struggling and why? What, you know, takes my energy down and why? What takes my energy up and why? So the number one thing is just full awareness of why you experience the world the way you experience it. Because with all of that information, um, we can now put together a recipe that's personal to you. And that leads me to the second thing that I think is really important. And that is that growth of anything, personal development, business, it is a personal recipe. It's not one strategy fits all. And so it's very important to understand that you could spend a lot of time reading books and reading habits and routines and strategies, but there is something very unique with what's going on with you that needs to be considered when you choose and cultivate the routines the habits and the information that's going to be your mm -hmm. recipe i just had success. like a revelation i think so i'm going to throw this out there in the dojo work mm -hmm. you know like this guy this morning i had a i had a call this morning with this guy from ireland who's got like these various things going on with his body and you know when people back in the day when i was really new at this and i was helping people with their various issues They'd be like, oh, so here's, and I would want to know the whole story. Mm -hmm. Like, what are the injuries? What's been the process? What have you tried? Now I'm like, I, I like, I'll let you share it if you feel like you want to share it and you feel like emotionally that's good for you. But I actually don't need to know anything about what's going on 
or has happened or even currently what you're feeling because it's the same solution no matter what the issue is and that's finding the awareness and the sensitivities in your own body mm -hmm. and then healing those sensitivities yeah exactly and just like building sensitivity through the body yeah. regardless of whatever the thing you're dealing with is because the process that we go through is not going to damage anything right so it, i don't have to be aware mm. like you could literally be missing ligaments and i'm going to do the same thing or you're going to do the same thing right so the revelation there is i'm showing people a way to discover where they need to focus their time and effort based on their own body and there's no pattern to that mm -hmm. so you could get like a protocol for like an acl injury and say like here's the seven things when you come to someone like me in the dojo work there is no protocol like you have to build it for yourself yeah every single every person has to build that own protocol and you have to have a system for that so we teach that you know with the six zone assessment and all that stuff but ultimately you might as well just do the whole thing you might as well just do the whole body like it's even better than building a protocol i would say so my question is is that a universal truth that is shared between these things where it's like yes you could build an individual protocol but really it's like hit all the buckets at least a little bit every day and just see if one of them feels really good and then lean into the one that feels really good or is giving you more, but make sure you're hitting them all. Yeah, I mean, ultimately what we're both doing is we're teaching people to build a relationship with their body mm -hmm. and their mind and their spirit and their soul and their personality, right? Get to know yourself. When you think about my story being so extrinsically motivated, that's why I wasn't making choices for me because I was looking out there, not looking in here. And so what we're both doing is teaching people to build a relationship with themselves and feel everything and then you're right it's like ultimately a successful if i've done a great job then a then someone's going to be able to you know play with th for the rest of their life by constantly building relationships and looking at all parts of their body and their performance and how they're running and be able to feel intuitively what needs attention um and why but like you said, always working on everything. I mean, that's mm -hmm. momentum, right? I mean, ultimately the goal is momentum. Yeah, so let's walk through this. What are the categories? Like what are the, if we have the assessment for looking through the body, I presume you have some sort of assessment for mm -hmm. looking through the mind, the, the soul. Mm -hmm. Like how do you, what are, the, what are the patterns? What do we do? So one of my favorite And what we're establishing, right, is like where, what things give me energy mm -hmm. and what things maybe drain energy mm -hmm. and maybe why, mm -hmm. right? Well, that, so, that, so with the core high-performance pillars, let's start there, really basic core. We start with clarity. So that's like, let's get clear about who I am at my best by using, so I have this, let me just go here first. I have this little exercise that I developed for myself, which is the three rooms. We have okay. the past habitual library. So this is the place that we go with all the information that we've ever anything we've ever done, anything we've ever felt. Mm -hmm. And we have our future creative workshop. That's where we're looking forward to all the things we want to create and all the things that we're looking forward to. And then we've got this room. You and I sat right here now. chatting, the air in the room, our bums on the seats, right? Mm -hmm. Now, when we're going through clarity, we want to use that library. And so I'm using these rooms consciously. I'm not stuck in the past or stuck in the future. I'm deciding when to open those doors and go in. Ooh. So I go into the library and say, okay, what have I stacked in this library? So if I'm lacking confidence some, some way, because I haven't stacked 
the recognition of competence that I have around my skills. If I, I'm looking about, okay, who am I at my best? I can look in that library and think, okay, when was the last time I felt really productive, really happy, really confident? My interactions were very successful and I picked so, that moment. So essentially, if we were gonna do this exercise live, cause I'm kind of doing this in my head with mm -hmm. you, we're picking something mm -hmm. that we're focusing on, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say, what's something for you actually mm -hmm. that we could do this to? So like when we first got in here, you were saying like, and this is actually the topic I wanted to get into, right? Is income or business opportunity levels, mm -hmm. right? So like someone like you, if you're like, I wanna produce more income, you're not gonna go take a job at Starbucks. No. You're not gonna go take even a tech job, you know, that pays six figures. Mm -hmm you're going to be searching and scanning yourself your awareness your environment for opportunities that could result in uh, multiple six figures seven figures eight figures even nine figure opportunities and you're going to take the time to build it like emily did two years of research to start this company mm -hmm. and then it took years beyond that to get the company to where Correct. it could be right so when you scan this could we could we break this down so yeah. like so right now if you're like you're looking like what kind of opportunity are you looking for right now like seven figure so right now as an individual mm -hmm. so here's here's let me just frame this how i think about this money for me is a result it's not a goal right and so i always want to know so right now i plug into companies to provide high performance support for for their clients so that they're more successful right so i think okay so who have i got to be to do that at a really high level i need the bandwidth to be able to support uh, a lot of people and whatever they bring to the table I need to be able to recall a lot of strategies and knowledge and and hold space for those people and multiple different companies so so I would look at that and I think how can I make sure that when I show up that output is of high quality and it's intentional it's intentional quality output and so by using that past room I go back and I think when was the last time I felt like that right i felt like i was in flow i was confident i had recall of all the strategies i could hold space for all those people um and how can i leverage those things so I, I look at what was going on in my life there all the way down to the routines when did i get up what did i do when i first got up how was i eating how was i maintaining and sustaining my energy throughout the day all the really simple stuff and i break that down right and then I think about, okay, so in the future, and I've, I want to, you know, have a sustainable seven-figure business just around, you know, plugging into other people's businesses, right? So that's the result. So again, I look at the same metrics outside of me as well. How many clients do I need? You know, um, who do I want to work with? What level are they at? What do I need time-wise to do those things? And then start building a map of what is required from me to be able to perform and and at that kind of a level. Yeah, that could result. That could result. Figure output. Yeah, but again, it's like it's just a result. That the money is just a result, right? Um, and so that's what I call intentional quality output. And let me just break this down for you. So, if you can imagine, if I had a basketball and that basketball was only half full of air. Even if I gave that basketball to Michael Jordan, there's not much he can do with it because it's only half full of air. So that air in the ball is like performance. It's so important that I focus on filling up my performance so that when I want to perform, it's actually fairly easy. It's an easy bounce. 
And so a lot of people, they are so, like I was, extrinsically motivated. They're focusing, focusing all the strategies and they're working and working, working all the hours. And they're not realizing they're coming at that work, not at 100%. They're coming yeah. at it from a lower bandwidth. So if I spend the time in that past library, facing the future, figuring out what allows me to, to fill up my performance ball and be intentional with the quality of my output, I know that it's going to require less effort for me to perform at a high level, which means those goals that I set, not only they're achievable, but maybe I can set even higher goals. Mm. And it's actually fairly easy. Do you have certain principles for filling up the basketball for just humans in general? Yeah, I think one of the simplest ones, let's go really, really simple. One of the simplest ones is um, hourly check-in, right? Mm -hmm. Every 50 minutes, undo what the last 50 minutes was doing. Oh. Right. So imagine you're sat at your desk and you're staring at your computer screen and you're working and you're not drinking your water and you're breathing shallow because you're sat down and your body's not telling you, I need more air. So 50 minutes, <clears throat> alarm goes off. You stand up, you move your body so that the blood flow starts moving. You take some deep breaths to get oxygen back into your brain. You hydrate. You look away from the screen, maybe out of the, out of the window to exercise the eyes. And what you're doing is you're gaining back what you lost. You're becoming more present. You're becoming more present. So rather than wait until mid-afternoon when most people get a crash, and let's say you've lost 30, 40% of your performance stamina, if you just did it every hour, let's say you lose 10% an hour, and it's very easy to get 10% back. So every hour, you stand up, you move, you hydrate, you, you move your eyes, you get into the moment, and then you start again. It's probably the simplest thing, but it's so effective. And what it is, it's just intentional. You know, there are some advanced strategies, of course, but really the whole idea is just being very intentional with what you know you want to be able to achieve without it feeling like you're running off of um, exhaustion and adrenaline, but just in, in flow. Okay, so that's one example. Every 50 minutes, we become really present. We gain back the attention, the clarity, the energy. So we, we spend 10 minutes or less, mm -hmm. right? Breathing, exercising the eyes, looking in different areas, right? We like grab things, just get back into our bodies because yeah. we've probably been in our minds mm -hmm. a lot as we're working, right? What are the other pro things? So the other, the, a really high pro thing is uh, something, I, something in high performance we call the six roles. This is really exciting because because I work with a lot of business owners, business owners know the roles in their company and how they run. And like a company, we have roles. This is a business, right? This is the business of you. So, you know, first role is we have the observer. So the observer, the role of the observer is to, to kind of have a bird's eye view of what's going on, right? What's working for me right now? What's not working for me right now? What do I need to do today? What don't I need to do today? So it's the conscious viewer of our world, right? Then, of course, we have um, the director. So the director is the one making the decisions about what actions are we taking. You know, the director is directing the, the character, the, the, um, the color of the next scene, um, the, uh, the way we move, right? Then you have the warrior, who's the person that's saying, what I'm doing right now is something that's worth fighting for. The warrior is the opposite of the victim. And we all know that when we're stressed and we're busy, it's very easy to say, it didn't work because they didn't do their job or it didn't work because, you know, the world has been in a pandemic and everyone's contracted right now. 
The warrior doesn't blame anything. The warrior just says, this is something worth doing and I'm going to give everything to do it. Then we have the guardian, which is the guardian of what we put in our mouths, who we let into our lives. Um, you know, really being conscious of what we're surrounding ourselves with to make sure that we are not being interrupted extrinsically from keeping us in our flow, okay? And then we have the lover who, you know, we all know that we lead with love is the best solution for everyone, right? Someone who, you're a great relationship builder, right? It's because you lead with love. And someone that leads with love knows to put love and admiration on everything, including themselves. Because sometimes life can be tough and sometimes we can forget about being in this present room when others are struggling or teams struggling. And then finally, um, we have the leader. Um, and the leader really is those other roles all together. Um, understanding that what we're doing right now is we're we're trying to inspire ourselves and others to do something that's that's bigger than ourselves right it's it's the it's the role that it's so important that we know how to lead ourselves so that we can lead others because none of us are going to achieve our purpose our goals on our own right so when we learn to lead ourselves we learn to be a great leader for others and so as a high performer if we can really break down and look at the roles within us and daily we're you know checking checking those roles then we can just make sure that we are you know we're in flow and we're you know we're running ourselves and our lives in in a way that's intentional so that we're going to have the best day every day yeah and then we change a lot we do we do do you have a particular habit or a routine of some sort of allowing those changes to happen more naturally or not even more more intentionally i mm -hmm. should say because what i found is like over the years like five years ago if you had come up to me and said like skip i'm gonna you're like the universe and you're like i've got this big business idea for you and i want you to go execute the way that things filled me up and what gave me the most joy five years ago is really different. Could Same idea, mm -hmm. totally different way that I notice that I feel good about it and what comes naturally to creating. Five years ago, I, w I was not a video person. I didn't mm -hmm. really know much about media. I was trying, mm -hmm. but, it, but it was not good. So if you had said like, hey, I want you to go and do a Joe Dispenza documentary, I'd be like, I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I I. I don't even know what I would have done back then where now someone asks me that I'm like, yeah, easy. Like, no problem. I got like teams. I got all those people. I'm more going to manage the team. I, you know, I have a very clear path forward on how to create something like that. Do you have a process for identifying these like giving energy or, or propelling you forward ways of, well, I think it all comes back down to whether no matter, no matter what you're prepared to do so if we think about this intentional quality output no matter what that output is so as a concrete example yeah you looking for a way to have the result of a seven figure mm -hmm. income from plugging into businesses mm -hmm. right so let's take that as like an example mm -hmm. and then can you break this down for me in that way so because then i can really like visualize it i mean if i'm getting this right i think that um it, it's it's just a lot simpler than that and that is that no matter where Skip is in his life, if he's assessing every day what allows him to be the best version of himself, mm -hmm. his decisions are gonna be relevant that day. And it might be different each day. Like Skip that's going through his mornings and his evenings and his afternoons intentionally and making sure that he's 
he's in integrity. I mean, habits, to be honest with you, growth and personal development is less about habits and routines. It's more about integrity. Mm. If you understand who Skip is out of integrity, you understand your values, you understand what allows you to feel proud and on purpose about yourself, and you're doing that every day, no matter what, the decisions you make. Wow, I kind of want to back that up. You said something so epic right there, because I feel like that might be a key to this whole system you're explaining Mm -hmm. is what makes you feel proud and on purpose Mm -hmm. is just asking that question each day because i have a i have a thing where i say like i want to go to bed happy every day so Mm -hmm. i when i lay down at bed at night i have like a candle next to my bed that i'll keep um on until that moment so i will not darken the room and i'd use a candle because it'll burn my place down if i don't blow it out so i can't fall asleep until i've done this Mm. and some days it's like two minutes and some days it's 30 minutes right where i'm like wow i really need to a like just accept that everything is perfect no matter what happened today like it was Mm -hmm. good and then b kind of reflect on i suppose what made me proud that day Mm -hmm. and what i was really happy with that day Mm -hmm. and if i can like forgive myself for any mistakes and Mm -hmm. and like lacking of accomplishing certain things that i wanted to and say wow i really did a great job at this this and this it helps me with that next day waking up and saying what would make me proud today so that tonight's bedtime routine is easy right <laughs> right well you were using the rooms there right mm-hmm. if we're if we can't find joy and happiness chances are we're not in the present room mm-hmm. we're in either the future room because we're worried about something that hasn't happened yet or we're in the past room and we're thinking about something that has happened in like in the past and so in, in that moment, that's why they're rooms, because guess what we can do when we're in rooms? Open the door. We can shut doors and we can open doors mm. with complete trust that at any point, if you want to go and look in that room, you can, but we can shut that door. So I do that in the evening. I, I sit there and me and Emily have a gratitude practice. We say, what do I love about you today? Every day. Every day. Oh, it's awesome. What are we grateful for today? What was fun today? And, you know, and then in our own practices, if, if, you know, one of us is stuck, if I'm stuck in a, you know, swirling around something that's upsetting me, then I just remind myself that I can shut that door. And by really focusing on what's here in the moment and rediscover that person that's in integrity. Because now are you able to actually shut the door and like it's gone or I am is it now you, you come back? Is it, that that's a Sometimes skill? the door sneaks open and things fall in from yeah. the library. <laughs> Right. And I'm and then I'm like, it's okay. You know, I'm just gonna return the book and mm-hmm. put it back in there. And then I'm just gonna slide the door shut. And I make the noise. I go and the, the noise of the door shutting. Mm. Okay. I feel like that's actually really a critical detail that you just critical mentioned detail. for everyone listening. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I feel like as silly as it sounds, like making that noise making the noise is probably really valuable in a from a neuroscience perspective. Mm-hmm. Like creating a physical audio cue yeah that you're like that door is actually closed yeah, you could you could upgrade your door and have a star trek door if you yeah. wanted you could or... uh you could do this one yeah that's great <laughs> it's so great <laughs> so that's a really great practice but like any practice um you know when it comes to meditation or mindfulness practices that are aiming to get a result within our bodies I think it's it's important to remember that that it this is a dial concept not a switch concept you know there are some things that we can just make happen Mm. like that and there are other concepts because they're routines and habitual they're a dial and so i just encourage you just just improve a little bit every day just dial it up every day just a little bit so like 
being in one room yeah at a time yeah. is the dial we're practicing the gradient that we're going to get better mm. at that's the idea yeah okay. i have an audio for this i've got actually a recording of me speaking through this three-way it's called the three room theory and we could share that you can share that yeah it's, uh, it's if you can if you're happy to listen to my voice but it's one of those things is it like this quality because i think they would love to listen to your voice at this quality <laughs> skip definitely not this quality i'll have to re-record it with you how, how long is this recording oh it's like it's like a 60 seconds and it's can one of those just things do it right now yeah let's just do it live let's do it now let's go okay okay do i pick something how do i get ready for this so everyone just, so just uh, everyone that's listening just get in a comfortable position just sit whatever's comfortable if you're driving don't do this if you're driving do not do this make sure some are safe um, let's just start by taking a deep conscious breath through the nose into the belly and just get yourself nice and set eyes closed now I want you to imagine that there are three rooms in your mind you have the past habitual library which is on the left side here you look in that library and it's full of everything you've ever done all of your memories some of those memories are challenging. Some of those memories are fantastic. Some of those memories are just from a few moments ago. And it's important to remember that this room, as important as it is, time doesn't exist in this room. So using it for what you remember and you know what you can take out of that library is really important, but we don't need to live there. On the other side, we have the future creative workshop room which also is a room that's void of time. It doesn't exist yet, but it's full of, in my mind, and it may be different for you, it's full of easels, full of amazing visions of what the future could be, whether it's far out in the future or in the next few moments or the next few days. And it's a really exciting room. But again, we need to remember that time doesn't exist here. So we, we shouldn't spend too much time here because we can't do anything. And that's why the next room, the present room is so important because the present room is the only room that really exists. It's the only room where we can take action, the only room where we can actually move the needle forward. So what I'd like you to do is look over to the left to that past habitual library and just grab the door and just slide that door shut. And then look over to the right to the future creative workshop. Just grab the door handle and slide the door shut. Now, you're in the present room. Just think about everything you sense in this room, the quality of the air. What does your body feel like? What are the sounds that you hear in that room? Everything in that room is right here and right now. And something very powerful happens when we're in the present room. Time slows down. So if I was to count to five, you'd realize how long five seconds can be. One, Two, three, four, five. Now you can do this exercise any time that you feel like those other rooms are interrupting your flow and bring yourself to this room knowing full well that you can access the future creative workshop and the past habitual library anytime you choose. But for now, we are honoring the present room. So take one more deep breath. Open your eyes. Wow, that was awesome. Yeah, thank you. So I developed that for me because my mind spins and still does. 
and by visually knowing that I can shut the door to those rooms that are just trying to be useful, that are spinning me around and just be in this space. Now, as a high performer where I live is I live in the moment facing the future so that everything that I do is relevant towards getting me to one of those easels that I'm designing, knowing that if I need some support from knowledge or confidence, I could go back to that library and say, okay, how do I feel about my skill set here? And I look at my confidence competence stack and make sure I've been stacking it properly on a daily basis. And then I shut the door. Oh, so good. I, I even really needed that right now. I've been a lot of those doors have been open. Both mm -hmm. sides have been very open and their <laughs> things are falling into the present all the time. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. So I'm going to take a hard right turn. That seems like a hard right turn. It's, it's definitely in line with all of this mm -hmm. and ask if we go back to 2015, 2016, you get certified as a high performance coach. You start doing more work with I heart my life and this brand and and I'm going to throw out another like idea methodology here mm -hmm. and then I just want to hear your reflections on it and just wax this thing build it up if you will the idea is that like you said it's sort of like a dial like most things are, are a dial very few things are a light switch like there's not usually on and off everything's got a dimmer mm -hmm. and in the realm of money in the realm of finances as a result right of the value that you're putting out there the dial is sort of infinite mm -hmm. right and when we're talking about these big opportunities creating like a seven-figure thing like like you and i can just talk about it mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that can't just like talk about that per se mm -hmm. because of self-worth because of historical context, like mm -hmm. if you're used to making $50,000 a year to even consider making a million dollars a year is a really big question. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's a, it's a big difference in the skills, in the daily practices, in the value that you're putting out there, right? To get those, those things. So my question for you is at what point did your guys's business really shift and was this a, a dial or did you have like some big scary moments where you like just suddenly started charging a lot more and created new products that were like way bigger and more expensive like what was this process like for you so i'd really like you to bring me through mm -hmm. the beginning and kind of walk me through the dial yeah, so turning to, up to paint the picture so emily coming from a an entrepreneurial background so already had a way of thinking I didn't come from an entrepreneurial background. So I remember th I remember a goal of if I could just earn 50,000 pounds a year, I'd be happy. I, that was, that's what I thought was good, okay? And, and so that was really scary for me when I realized, scary and wonderful, that wow, I've been living in this bubble and I didn't realize that my value, this is really important to say, my value in my, the company I was working for, I assumed that the work I was doing was worth what I got paid. When I didn't consider all the filters that that work went through. So really, I was getting paid a very small percentage of the value for my work, really. Which helps for those that have never been an entrepreneur and can't even think about you know, $10,000 months and, and above. You just remember, even the work you're doing now, if there was no one in between you doing the work and the customer, you would already be bringing in a lot more. So just remember that. That was a really important thing for me to remember because the idea of, say, 10K months 
50k months, whatever, wasn't even, I just couldn't understand how it could happen. So just remember that the when, when you're creating something yourself and you're selling it, that's not all those middlemen. Yeah, and the, you know, this is a big thing that I think about all the time is like selling it is actually the critical part when in, right. as far as entrepreneurship. Well, you can go into sales in a minute. That's mm. a whole other subject that's wonderful. Delicious. Um, so, but to answer your question, so it start. I have to give Emily all the credit at the beginning because I wasn't ready to think like that at the beginning. Very much a creator and a deliverer, still my strength. Emily has always been like an incredible person when it comes to money and thinking about that and not, not, being, being unapologetic about that. She understands the worth and that where we go into sales. So it started really with, you know, more customers, lower price points, right? Um, and then moved into, um, so I think I, I like what coaching. was the price point in the beginning? In the very beginning, I think the price point was probably about um, maybe $2,000 per client for a like six month program. Long program for 2K, whoa. Yeah. Um, so, so it was a low price point. It was a lower price point. And then and then it moved up to a program called iHeart Coaching, which was specifically for coaches. That was more like, I think we had a VIP. So it was like a $5,000 option and then like an $8,000 option. And then a load of ladies in that. And then we'd run that, run that like three times a year. And then of course, in there, on top of those, you had one-on-one -on -one coaching, both of us doing one-on-one -on -one coaching um, and a lot of self-study. So I think- Yeah, the VIP section, you integrated more right. one-on-one -on -one for each person. I mean, you know, for some genius business things, one of the best things we did was, it's, it's, it, let's link this back to us breaking down how we perform at our best so that we can integrate it into the future. It's the same with the business. So when we first, Emily first wrote um, iHeart Coaching, she had a module there called um, All About Money, like Money Mindset. And we realized that this is such a crucial element because if you're gonna have your own business, your relationship with money must be healthy because to run a business, you're having to get investment to pay for things before you have the money. And you know it's a constant relationship with money, charging as well as investing in yourself. So we broke that module off from the program and sold it as a self-study, which when that was sold as a, as a downsell, it gave people the mindset to be able to then invest higher in a program. Mm, whoa. Because it's not just about money. It's about, you it's, know. It's about worth. It's about worth. It's about why do you invest in intentionality yeah. with the money that you do spend, right? right. I so mean, this is a classic Hermosiism where he talks about like yeah. um, the idea of like investing in yourself mm. until there's actually nothing left to invest in, mm -hmm. in your skills and knowledge. And then it's like, the money just comes as a byproduct of like you've just amassed so you many just skills. Be. Yeah. So yeah, that was a that was a big shift for us. We realized that for those that weren't ready to dive right in, we would downsell them iHeart Money, which was it's you know, Emily created it was incredibly valuable self-study, still is today, of a complete mindset shift around your whole life's relationship with money and self-worth and charging and all this stuff. And once they'd gone through that, they were that was like, oh, now I'm ready. Now it's possible. Now I know. And so then that was a great stepper into iHeart Coaching in which we ran what like, I think like eight times iHeart Coaching. Um, each time, you know, it was like six months. So we run that, you know, a number of times. Um, so that was huge. And then, you know, huge amount of momentum there. And then of course, a lot of other self-studies now one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, and that was, the, that was the seven figures, right? Then there's making the seven figures more profitable. 
right? You could make seven figures every year. Your company can make seven figures every year, but how much of that is left as profit? And that's yeah, where- ads and all the things, paying that's people. That's where as, as business owners, you know, you, you start to improve and get better and, and then you go up from there. Um, but I think that really the, the relation, and our this is with us as well, our relationship around money and investing was constantly improving as well. Yeah. Because I have a question yeah. that I think I know the answer to, but I just mm. want to hear it confirmed. The client success mm -hmm. and their happiness with mm -hmm. the service in your business, mm -hmm. has it generally trended upwards or downwards as you've increased prices? It's trended, I'd say it's trended upwards and I'll tell you why. Because as the prices and what we've been doing has been elevated, the level of clients have elevated, right? Um, and what we found is the more um, ready and the more elevated the clients are, the more work they put in, the more responsibility they take on, which means the results are better. So we found actually as we've gone up, the the, the clients' results have got better. Yeah, so that's a huge part of it. It's, it's a like huge the quality part of, of the people. Yeah. Well, there's there's a I think some people get into. I, that sounds really weird to say the quality of the people, the quality of the intensity of which they're ready to. Yeah, engage in a program has gone up yeah well, i think some people get into entrepreneurship for the wrong reasons they see social media and the quote unquote overnight successes and they think it's this easy win so instead of going into it for i've got a burning passion and a purpose that i must fulfill and this feels like a way i can do it there are some people that get into it for the wrong reasons and then they they don't do the work and it doesn't work out for them yet they learn a lot about for themselves they'd learn a lot and that's wonderful for them um but i think that as the prices go up you realize something very important and we realize something very important and that is money is also a coach because money holds us accountable to that investment to put in in the work which is why you know like a free session or a free doing something for free isn't always that valuable because when someone's got stake in the game they've invested in themselves, which means they've made a promise to themselves to follow through. And, you know, that has a lot to do with charging as well. Obviously, you've got to match that with value. And in, in our industry, the results that your clients get are, are the advertising. You know, you can spend all the money on ads you like, but if your clients aren't getting results, you're not going to run that thing again because no one's going to come. So it's, it's crucial that you create something that's valuable that gets results. Mm. And we found that when you're really, really making that that process of applying for a program as much about what the client wants as much as what you want, um, and it's a mutual relationship, it's like we're going to be putting in the effort we require the same from you, then the results are higher. And I think a lot of people maybe aren't ready for that journey. And so that's where there are other things to sort of support them with. Um, and a lot of people, especially in the early days of, of coaching or personal development businesses, they take anyone on because they want the money and it doesn't work. And I think it's really important that if you spend a lot of time and effort making something valuable, you deserve clients that are going to put the work in the way you've put the work in to be successful. Yeah. Many questions to go to from here, but the one I'm going to go to next is, so you spoke about people getting into it for the right or wrong reasons, right? And obviously you're in it for these like highly positive, highly purpose-driven passion reasons, the the reason you do business the way that you do it. Mm -hmm. And if we go back to that vision of the seven-figure result from 
plugging into companies and helping teams and their clients achieve like greater and greater levels of, we'll call it fulfillment yes. for lack of, of better, more descriptive term in short words. In that process, you've, I've assumed used a lot of the three rooms mm -hmm. to figure out like exactly what you want to be doing mm -hmm. and how you can most leverage what gives you joy, success, energy, fulfillment yes. to help others, right? Have you, like how dialed is this for you? Like how detailed is this vision of exactly the companies and the types of people you want to help? Like, do you need it to be really detailed? Is there value in detailing it? Or is it more of an energy or what? It's an, it's an attitude, really. It's, it's people that are, you know, that truly, truly have something within them that they want to get out that is purposeful that is probably related to a career um or a calling but when they think about when they go all the way to the end of that goal and what it's gonna how big it is right their mount everest even the thought of it is overwhelming because they're they're judging what they're capable of based on their current experience of life and it's like well this is this sounds amazing i'd love to be able to create this business or i'd love to be able to get that promotion or i'd love to be able to you know, do all these things, have a family, but I just can't imagine how I can do that with the way I feel. But they want it. And so there's this passion and this this desire and this and this almost need, but a lack of belief that it's possible. They're my ideal client. Because if I can do what I done as a 32 year old to then suddenly become an entrepreneur and and take on all of these things fulfilling things in my life and actually have more energy than I did when I was less busy, then I know that it's possible for anyone. Um, and I'm, and it's so, that's where I feel so fulfilled when I see the look in someone's eye, when they believe me, they're like, you mean I can actually do that? Even though I can't feel it yet, they're, they're the people. And, they're, and there's a certain type of person that you know is going to do the work that if they trust you, and they say, we're going to be this together, right? We're going to come up with this recipe that's going to result in, in your best version of you. This recipe that if you follow it and you take some things away and you leverage other things, you are going to be a version of you that you are so proud of every day. And you're going to be blowing that candle out after seconds when you're waiting to feel joy and happiness mm. because you're going to be excited. And you're also going to realize one crucial thing, and that is... People are excited to get somewhere. Like, I can't wait until I get there with my performance or there with my fulfillment. Well, the great news is that there doesn't exist. And so you get to always enjoy the journey of growing mm. forever. Mm. And that's exciting. That's really exciting. So it sounds like if if I Heart Money was a course, mm -hmm. right? Which is. This would be like I Heart Myself. Yeah. is like this process, mm -hmm. right? And it sounds like this is kind of the most important process that you do mm. with people is getting to that point where they really believe that the visions they have in that future creative lab can be possible yeah and they can start to like look through the window and plan more yeah well the funny that. thing is when they realize that the visions change and become bigger mm. because what they think is a big vision is the big vision of a person that can't that can't even imagine that being possible imagine how big the visions are when you you remove the ceiling you remove the limitations to what you dare to dream. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so I have a question. I don't know if there's an answer to this. You moved 10 times in... Nine times in 10 years. Nine times in 10 years. Mm. 
was this a scenario I'll, I'll just throw this out there because i don't assume anything in my life every time i moved i've moved a lot every time i move i'm able to establish a completely new identity which is something we actually talked about way in the beginning of like how do you allow yourself to become that new most improved version of you at mm -hmm. all times and like that process so for mm -hmm. you it's the the three rooms and saying like where am i at now mm -hmm. where's my historical context and where am i headed but being really here now and moving allows you to be very here now mm -hmm. traveling allows you to be very here now and kind of discover who who you are right now versus like you go to your childhood home and it's like that door is like there's all sorts of stuff leaking oh, sorts of stuff. in yeah. from the past right <laughs> yeah so when you move nine times in 10 years, there's two ways I think about that. Either that, where it's like you're, it's like a way to establish who you are now and you're just changing so much mm -hmm. that it just feels natural to establish a new home, a new home, a new home, because you're, you're just shifting that much and what you want changes that much. And then there's another side of it that I've looked at. And I think both are true for me, where I sort of wanted to discard parts of who I was. So there was a there was a positive mm. side of it where it's like I want to establish this new identity and there was like a less loving side of it where I was like I don't really like who I was in that way mm. so I'm going to just keep moving so I can keep improving myself and there was like a physical representation of what I was doing with my own life. There's all of the things. Mm. There's lots to it actually. Um I look at those 9 times in 10 years as nine mini chapters leading up to now a, a bigger chapter. And those nine mini chapters, as you said, were because the growth was happening so fast. Like pers like individually for me and Emily, we were both internally growing very fast. The company was growing very fast. What we thought we wanted in our lives was pivoting and adjusting and evolving very, very fast. And so, so obviously the first move, when we first lived together, this small little flat in London, um, it was just very, very small. And one thing that we learned very early is our environment has a huge impact on what we're capable of producing. Huge impact. Why do you think companies spend millions on, on you know, good companies on the environment of the office and they plan how people are gonna work because the environment has a big impact and we learned that very early. So we, we would move to, each place we moved had something like more space or more of an, a dynamic that felt good to be working because we've always worked from home and then especially when i you know left my full-time job then and worked from home again suddenly now there are two people working from home a married couple who are working together from home under the same roof and you've been doing that for and we've been time. doing that for yeah like seven and a half years now so it's creating space and environment that's healthy for the business and for our relationship okay um, the last place we lived in London, amazing, beautiful house. I mean, it was absolutely incredible, you know, and then, so then the move from London to America, really, that was, that was a multitude of things that was, cause we love London and, and Emily loves London. Um, I think she probably misses it more than I do because I spent so much time there. It was, it's less new to me. There was an element of, there's so many amazing things and people happening over this side of the world. We don't have to forget about Europe. We can still impact them, but there's lots of things that we know are going to be food for our soul and for our business to be able to impact at a greater level if we are located over there. 
And so we said, let's give it a go. You know, I'm a British citizen. Emily's an American citizen and an English citizen now. And so it was easy for us to make that transition. So then we moved um, and kept playing. And I think that's the other part of it is that we just kept playing until we felt called to stop playing. And I think that's where Austin led us is that we, we were ready for our feet to be rooted somewhere, own something wouldn't stop us from traveling but it meant that we could cultivate a design space and a home space based on everything we'd learned from all those nine moves mm. to make a really intentional space in a really intentional location that could feed us personally and professionally and so all of those nine moves taught us something personally and professionally and the the business and the personal have really been intertwined i mean i think that it was a very separate when i had a career in tv it was like that's my career this is my life outside now it's it's this beautiful dance of all because it's you know if you're with me and emily like on a night out we pretty much just talk about what we do because we love it not necessarily the the accounting or the all the books or the all that kind of stuff but the passion and the purpose this is what we talk about yeah this entire conversation has been that yeah and this is our life and then when i meet people like you and and everyone here we all talk about what we we are passionate about and so it's all led us to here so to answer your question it's a bit of everything it, mm. it is i want to highlight something that you said in there mm. for everyone watching and listening and it was that you said and you specifically referenced all these moves as play mm -hmm. and i think that's probably a key element i'm not sure if you teach it but it's a key element to having life work well for you mm -hmm. is seeing changes and circumstances as play mm -hmm. and just saying like oh yeah we were just playing every time we moved or playing every time we tried a new business model or playing every time we released a new product or playing every time we booked a trip to bora bora mm -hmm. how is this gonna go you know yeah i mean i might always use that language but but the idea that it goes back to the there's not one set strategy that you get the, the there's fun in the recipe you know i use the word recipe a lot because i love cooking and i think that it is kind of playful to know that you can i mean i told you earlier i bought a, a ukulele right and so something fun about ukulele is that yeah you can learn your chords and there are set chords but then you can play and you can create things and there's no wrong and no right and it's kind of like that with life and with ourselves and how we grow is that we get to to play which which ultimately allows us to enjoy the process and that's really important in life because so many people are just wanting the result. They're wanting the finish line. And there's the, the, there's very few finishing lines in life compared to the journey. Like it's mainly journey. And so if we can really enjoy the journey by realizing that we're just playing, we're just looking around, we're discovering things. We're going, oh, do I like that? Do I like that? What, what happens if I go here? What happens if I go here? And along the way you're logging, that felt good that didn't feel good that allowed me to do this that allowed me to do this and we're built we're building up the library mm -hmm. we're, we're logging things in the library that we can reference that allow us to constantly just pivot and and experience life and and fulfill everything that we we really need to be the best version of ourselves to experience things and to enjoy life and and have success, whatever success is for you, right? Success in your relationships with others, with yourself, financial success, um, and not go to sleep. 
right? Because the thing about play is you've got to be conscious to log all those things. You've got to be in that room, that present room to, to really measure it. And I think then you just get so much more out of life because you're not asleep. Mm. Oh, wait, here we go. I got you. <laughs> I got you with that. So can you run me through the principles of iHeart Money? The principle, I mean, Emily would be a better one for this conversation, but ultimately, so let's think about, you know, when you were younger and the the words and the conversations you heard around money. So here were some of mine. Money doesn't grow on trees. Um, be grateful for what you earn rather than, you know, go for what you want, right? Make sure your credit card's always at zero. Pay it off every month, right? The word debt. So lots of words that make having money that's not your money feel wrong. Even though really money, what is it? It's energy, it's it's exchange. I mean, the old, old days of money when this farmer was providing this other farmer with meat and he was providing him with veg. And then one day the veg didn't grow. But the guy said, look, I'm still gonna give you meat. I just want you to write on a bit of paper that you're gonna give me double veg next month. That's exchange, right? And so I heart money gets us to first explore how did we grow up what was our relationship with money and investment when it comes to investing in ourselves um spending all these things what was our relationship so we log all that down and then let's look at the the impact that's having so when do you allow yourself to buy a cup of coffee from starbucks rather than just make one at home when do you allow yourselves to allow yourself to do something that isn't needed but it's it's something that is going to fulfill you that day and, and then there's an opposite side. When do you buy things to fill a void that are unpurposeful because you feel empty? So you think, well, if I buy this thing that I don't, that, that isn't going to fulfill me, it might give me joy in the moment. So there's both sides of it. And we just explore that and then explore, well, how is this negatively impacting you, gro your growth? Like if I was to remove everything from your life that hasn't got ROI, what would be left? Thoughts, actions, what would be left? And so the whole idea is to understand that any action, anything you put energy in, into, um, if it's intentional, there's ROI. And it's the same with money, right? If I want to go to every Wonder Soul event in the future and, and there's an investment there, think about that word, investment. I'm investing because I know that there's something more coming back to me than I put into it. And if we can view it like that, then we get to think about, okay, what is it that I believe is gonna be, what's the result I, I'm excited to get in my life? What do I require to start moving towards that result? And what's the investment required for me to, to begin there? And it's just a healthier language of, okay, I'm actually, I'm not spending money, I'm investing in something that's gonna bring more back to me. I mean, we all have no problems investing time. So what's the difference? Mm. And if you were to apply the same principles and just riff for a minute in your James way mm -hmm. of I heart love. Mm. Well, this is where, you know, John Lennon had it right, didn't he? And I think that I said to you earlier that sometimes the answers are so simple that people don't believe them because they're so, it can't be, it's too simple. And, you know, once I realized that leading with love was such an amazing thing energetically 
like when I lead with love, I energetically am, am vibrating at a high level, which means my output, my intentional quality output is of higher quality. So for example, let's say we're in a business and we've got um, a client who is behind on payments. If I lead with love, then I'm putting the energy of support and, and inspiration and belief into the scenario to help that scenario get resolved rather than the energy of lack of, oh, well, you know, you should be up to date. We're gonna have to do this, we're gonna have to do this, this negative energy, that doesn't support the scenario. And so leading, you know, leading with love for me, I heart love would totally be about understanding that love is high performance. Ultimately, if I lead with love, I'm gonna be a higher performer. But it starts with you. Like this, this is really important with every, all the work that I do is that the reason why I believe putting other people first is selfish is because if you lead with love, you need love to be able to lead with. And love is something that is cultivated within you. And so the amount that you love yourself is related to how much you're capable of giving love and expressing love to others, which means that when you put yourself first, your ability to be there for others is, is 10x. So I have to ask, when people listen to this, watch this, and they fall in love with you, where can they go to like stalk you digitally and find out more and, and just like learn more of these concepts, principles, or, or just listen to your accent? <laughs> um, so on Instagram, I'm James R.S. Williams. And then my website is uh, thegrowthedge.com, which has got all my links on it. So thegrowthedge.com. How did you get that .com? That's amazing. The Growth Edge. Yeah, That's did you beautiful. get that years ago? No, not that long ago. It was just an interesting concept because I feel like I realized there's this, there is this edge. You know, when you're in a, you're in I a situation. I have to ask you a question here. Go on. Here, this is going to be, this is going to be cool because I think we can use this as an opportunity to explain okay. this and I can get something out of it. Okay. What do you think my growth edge is knowing me and knowing where I'm at? Your growth edge, I would say, is there is so much abundance of opportunity that you know you can you you can have on the world that it scares the hell out of you and so it's like it's very important to you that it's done properly and that it and that it impacts right um that your growth edge sometimes is a little bit of delay so it's letting go of the perfection of yeah. each thing mm. so that people can just receive the thing sooner well sometimes it's simpler than that like what the growth edge is is that you know some let's make it really simple let's there's a scenario where you're with another person and they say something that triggers you and in that moment you're on the edge and you can go this way or you can go that way you can react and this bad side of you comes out or you can slow down and respond which is i call your response ability your ability to respond in alignment with the best person of yourself. So in, in, in the case of anyone's career, uh, it's like pause. I'm at this edge and I have two options. I can go left or I can go right and neither's wrong. But let's just think about why I would go one way and why I would go another. Because the truth is, is that anytime we're at an edge, um, it's for really good reasons. There's a protection there. It's like, it's important to me. And so adding a pause is, um, just gives us an opportunity to consider like you hear me this, say this word intentional all the time i truly believe that time is something that 
if we were to give more of it to slowing down and thinking about what our response will be, the response is going to be more effective, which gains us more time. So like, don't, no, 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 don't go run into the woods. Let's think about this real quick. Just pause. Hey, well, again, I don't want to make like, like the people that are more like Emily that just go and that's not wrong. But there, there are other ways to sometimes. So it's, it's just like, you know, understand why you're doing it. I always said, if I was to write the book, and everyone says to me, we'll write the book, I would write, my book would be, it's less about the what and more about the why. And that's with everything. Intentionality. Intentionality. Hmm. TM. TM. Love it. Okay, so on Instagram, it was... James R.S. Williams. Um, and then and the growthedge.com. The or growth just growthedge.com. The growthedge. The growthedge.com. Awesome. Wonderful. Wow. Wow. Okay. That was... I don't even know how long this has been, but that was wonderful. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's beautiful. And I bet it's going to sound amazing. I, Great. I gear. guarantee it'll Can sound Can we do incredible. one more sound effect? Oh, yeah. Let's go. Bam, 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 bam. I, I did the sound you effect did the at the sound same time. Voices. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, uh, oh, yeah, thank you. There we go, right there. Beautiful. There we go. There we go.